Thank you for joining New Life Fellowship Podcast today. We are a church desiring to expand the kingdom of God by making disciples. We pray that this message inspires you, build your faith, and hope that it will give you perspective to see that our God is moving in your life. Hope you enjoyed the message. Good morning, church. Good morning, church. Uh, how are you guys doing? And every time this video plays, it's like such like an epic like introduction. <laughs> and so, uh, but it, it will be an epic day. Um, I'm so glad to be here with you guys. Uh, you know, every Sunday, it's just like, like really good just to come to church and just to worship here. And uh, I don't know if you're like me, but if you like miss a Sunday, you kind of just feel off. Like your rhythm for the week is a little bit different. Um, but, you know, I've, I've been here for over a year now and uh, just really blessed and glad to be at church with you guys. And so uh, if you're new here, uh, I want to welcome you guys, and uh, hopefully, you know, I get to meet you. Uh, but my name is Kenny. I'm one of the pastors here on staff, and I'll just be preaching to us. And um, uh, if you've been with us, uh, we've been traveling through the, uh, a series called Devotion. Uh, it's devoted to prayer, devoted to uh, the apostles' teaching, to communion. And, uh, you know, what we were trying to do is we were trying to examine, um, you know, what did the church do when Jesus, you know, ascended into heaven? And so... Uh, Pastor Eric, that would be a good idea just to focus on kind of more internal things, uh, you know, to prayer, uh, devoted to like fellowship and communion, uh, these internal things. But now uh, we're moving into uh, what's called like part two of this devoted series, which is in action. Like we're going to be devoted to action and I have the privilege to uh, kick off our series and it's going to be devoted to uh, generosity, generosity. And so uh, if you guys can rise to your feet and uh, turn to your Bibles to Luke 18, I'm just going to read it for us. And uh, I'm going to be reading from the ESV version. So Luke 18, uh, verse 18, we'll start from there. It says, and a ruler asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. You know the commandments. Do not commit adultery. Do not murder. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Honor your father and mother. And he said, all these I have kept from my youth. When Jesus heard this, he said to him, one thing you still lack. Sell all that you have and distribute to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. But when he heard these things, he became very sad, for he was extremely rich. Jesus, seeing that he had become sad, said, How difficult it is for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God, for it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. Those who heard it said, Then who can be saved? But he said, What is impossible with man is possible with God. Uh, Would you pray with me? God, we just uh, thank you for being so generous, so good. And we ask that uh, you just illuminate the text uh, this afternoon. Be with us, Lord. May your spirit just open our hearts, open our minds, open our ears, Lord, to what it is that you have to say. Be with me, Lord, because I am a sinner, that uh, you can just use my words, uh, use this text, Lord Father, that you can be glorified, Lord. We thank you and we pray in your son's name. Amen. Amen. You guys can be seated. Uh, Does anyone in here love movies? Uh, One person. One person. Anyone here love movies? All right, all right. I love movies. Uh, I'm getting ready to watch Frozen 2 uh, with my daughter next week, and we are excited. We are ready to go. Uh, many years ago, I worked at uh, Hollywood Videos, Hollywood Videos, and they closed down like 10 years ago. 
Uh, but it was a video store where you had to go in and you had to actually physically rent movies uh, for, you know, you pay like four bucks for three days. If you wanted it for five days, then you pay like six dollars, right? And it wasn't like a Netflix or anything like that, uh, or even DVD. Well, I guess there were some DVDs, but uh, it was VHS tapes, and you had to, you know, VHS, for those of you who don't know, it's about the size of a Bible, and uh, you have to rewind it back, and usually you use like a rewinder, like mine was in the shape of a car. Like, I don't know, the old people are like, yeah, I don't know what you're talking about. Young people, hmm, don't even know what I'm talking about. But uh, I loved movies, and so I worked there, and the pay wasn't great, and we had to wear these like purple uniforms, but... But we got to rent movies for free. We got to rent movies for free. And so I got to rent about five movies a week for free. And, uh, you know, back then I used to like uh, these kind of movies that were just really like raw. They were raw because they kept it real. I thought like Disney was like, man, that's all fake. Like give me the real stuff. And so I would watch all these movies and I, I wouldn't feel great afterwards. But I was like, yeah, like that's the real stuff. Like that's art. Um, my wife, on the other hand, she likes Disney movies. She wants to be like, she wants a feel-good movie at the end. She wants to be taken to like a magical place, you know, where there's no worries. And as I'm getting older, uh, I want that too. <laughs> I want that too. And, and it's because I have too much, like life is too real right now. Like it's hard to just feed my kids. It's hard, you know, just to get through it all. Like every day is kind of like a grind at times. And so I, when I watch a movie, like I, I, I don't want that. Like give me all the, the fake stuff. Uh, the reason I mention this is because in today's passage, uh, it's actually not a happy ending. It's not a happy ending. Like usually when somebody goes to Jesus uh, and they're like, you know, what must I do? Uh, there's usually a happy ending and then there's like salvation for the household. But, you know, for the rich young ruler, uh, it wasn't a happy ending. It wasn't a happy ending. And, and if you're sitting here in this room, um, you know, you were probably like the rich young ruler. I'm like the rich young ruler. And, and that's the challenge that we have. That's the challenge that all of us have. If we're sitting in this room, we are like the rich young ruler. And that's my first point, that we are like the rich young ruler. And so just look at the text. It describes him as rich. He's a ruler. Uh, Matthew uh, describes him as young. And so he's this rich, young, wealthy guy uh, coming to Jesus. And uh, if you don't think you're rich, I just looked up a quick, you know, a few quick stats on wealth in America. And, um, you know, it could be skewed a little bit, but even if it's remotely close, uh, it, it's astounding. Uh, if you own a car, you are in the top 10 percentile of the world. If you own two cars, I don't know what that is, but it's, it's higher than that. Uh, if you have a college degree, you are in the 93rd percentile or top 93 or top 7 percentile. <laughs> in the world. Um, you know, if, if uh, you know, world hunger takes $30 billion to cure, and that's the amount Americans spend on ice cream every year. And, and so we're rich. You know, I remember at my previous church, a young adult asked me, uh, hey, pastor, like, you know, I have this job offer. Like, what should I do? Should I take it? Should I leave it? And I looked at him, and I said, I have no idea. I have no idea. But most of the world... They don't have a choice on what they, or where they get to work. Choice is, is a privilege. You know, they have to go into their dad's business. They have to just bring home the bacon and make ends meet. There is no choice. And I know we're rich because every time I go to Chick-fil-A, there's like 20 sauces I get to choose from. I get the choice between Chick-fil-A sauce, Polynesian, Spicy Ranch. I can't even name all of them, but there's a lot of sauces. 
And, and, and so we're wealthy. We're wealthy. And, and if you're sitting in this room and you have money in your wallet and you're not hungry, you're wealthy. You're wealthier than most of the world. We are wealthy. And we're just like the rich man. And that's a challenge. And, and part of the challenge, I think, is because if you've grown up in the church, uh, there's this unspoken reality, right? Unspoken reality that, you know, you need to be successful and you are in, you know, you're in the right with God if you're successful. Like, go to church, go to a good school, get a good job, like, take care of your family, all these things. This is a successful Christian. And, and we compare it subconsciously uh, to somebody who is just really struggling with their job, like, doesn't have it together. Like, oh, that person, you know, that person is not as righteous. That person is not as righteous, and we counted a blessing, like we're like, we're more blessed because we got into this school. We're more blessed, or I'm doing the right things because I got the job, you know, I got this raise, like prayer must be working. And we grow up in this, and this is exactly what, no, this is, this is how the rich man grew up. And I think that's, that's why we're so similar to him. And the second thing is, this guy actually grew up in the church. He grew up in the church, and, and a lot of us, I know we grew up in the church you know, verse 18, he comes up to Jesus and he says, good teacher, good teacher. Uh, that is church lingo. Like common folk didn't know to call him good teacher. At New Life, uh, you know, we're trying to be a lot more intentional with uh, just how we say things because we realize not everyone grew up in the church and they don't understand certain things. And so we try to, you know, explain, like define. And I'm sorry, like, if it's redundant for you guys who grew up. But the reason we're trying to define it is because people just don't know because they didn't grow up here. They didn't know the church lingo. Um, you know, at my uh, previous church, I remember a college student just, uh, you know, I was talking to her. First of all, like, I don't know how to talk to, talk to college students. And so I was just listening. But uh, she's just saying, oh, you know, Pastor Kenny, you know, blah, 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 really fast. But, uh, you know, Justin Bieber, he really glowed up. I was like, you're right. You are right. And in my head, I was like, what does that mean? What does that And the parents, the older people here are like, I don't know what that means either. Blow it up. So, I, you know, I had to go home and look that up. Look it up. Urban Dictionary. Uh, it means a complete transformation of a person's appearance for the better. Glowed up. That's what it is. So it, it means blossoming. Is that a better word? Blossoming. And so there's this lingo, right? There's this lingo that, you know, people have. And this guy had the church lingo. Not only that, he kept all of the commandments. Like if you look at verse 21, he kept them since he was a little boy. And we're not talking about just 10 commandments. You know, there are over 600 commandments. And so this guy was rich. He was educated. He was a Christian who, who kept the law. And, uh, you know, if there's anybody, he... He deserves, he deserves to go to heaven. He, he wants to do what's right. And unlike the Pharisees, this guy goes up to Jesus, and he's actually not trying to trick him. Like, he's not trying to trap him like the Pharisees. He genuinely wants to know, like, what am I supposed to do? And Jesus gives a very interesting response. He says in verse 19, like, why do you call me good? No one is good except God alone. No one is good except God alone. And I think he's trying to address, like, this guy's trying to do all these external things, but only God is good. And he tells him, he's like, well, well, what have you been doing, you know? In verse 20, he says, do not murder, do not steal, bear false witness, honor your father and mother. And uh, the rich young ruler says, I've been doing these things. And he's trying to get to the heart of, of this guy. He wants to get to the heart. And so he says one thing, one thing that really, really gets to the core. He says, sell everything, give to the poor, come and follow me. Sell everything, 
Give to the poor. Come and follow me. Now, when you hear this, if Jesus is asking you today, right now, to sell everything and give it to the poor, how does that make you feel? Because when I was reading this, if I were to be honest, like, it made me feel just like the rich guy. Like I was a little, I mean, I was a little upset at first, but then I was also like saddened because I think we're all kind of like the rich man, like give everything, give, you know, my education, my business that I built up, that I put years and years into work, like give it up and just, just follow him. And he becomes sad. He gets sad and he walks away. And, and I think it's because He's trusting in his abilities. He's trusting in his wealth. He's trusting in all these things rather than trusting in God. You know, which leads to the second point, which, which is how to not be like the rich man. Like, how do we not be like the rich man then? If we're wealthy and we're in here, how do we not be like the rich man? Well, I think one thing is give to the poor. Give to the poor. You know, verse 22, it says, sell all that you have and distribute to the poor and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. You know, if you're not giving to the poor at all, like just, it says to give all of it, but if you're not giving at all, like give something, give something. You know, sometimes, uh, sometimes in the Bible, uh, there, there is, uh, you know, you, you have to do the action before there's a change of heart. Other times there's a change of heart and then there's an action. And so sometimes we have to act before there is an internal change. You know, you know when I looked at um, what uh, telephone service customer, you know, those guys on the phone, um, that do the customer service, they are taught to smile like when they talk because when you smile and you talk, you have a much more positive mood, you're less defensive, you're more encouraging, you sound nicer, all these things. And in the same way, you know, sometimes you just got to give to the poor and there will be a change of heart. And as a church, uh, we're pushing a few things this year. We're pushing Olive Crest, uh, which is, you know, it's, it's more than just like a foster care system, although they do, you know, help tremendously connect parents uh, with foster parents and foster kids. Uh, they also give so much to those that just don't have parents. And as a church, we're doing this uh, because we believe that, that we need to be a light to this world and we need to give to those less fortunate than us. And we're also, you know, we're, we're pushing this Christmas concert thing uh, not because we, like, love singing so much, but we want to be a light in our community. And uh, the North Shore Family Services, which we're supporting, they provide counseling for single moms, and they provide, you know, basic needs like diapers. And we do things, you know, like shower to the people and camp unity uh, because we want to give back, and we want our church to have avenues to do that. But these are not just the avenues, but we are challenged just as a church to give, to give, and if you're here today and you haven't given, you know, I challenge you to give. And maybe it's not financially for you. Maybe it's actually time to be involved. Like, time is a precious commodity. Precious commodity. Maybe you just need to devote some time. The command is just to do something. Because the teaching here is actually prescriptive and not descriptive. So there are times when Jesus teaches, and it's very descriptive. He doesn't tell people exactly what to do. They get to respond accordingly. Uh, and you see that if you, if you look at Luke 21 with the widow's offering, she gives two small copper coins as her offering. Now, Jesus doesn't say to do that. She does it on her own accord, out of the joy. But here, here, Jesus is very prescriptive. He tells the man, give everything Give everything to the poor. He tells them exactly what to do. And I don't know if you're like me where you have these moments of kind of panic and you come to the Lord like, Lord, just tell me, just tell me what to do. But here, 
Jesus is telling him exactly what to do. And if you're here and you're just thinking, well, isn't that not wise to like sell everything? And what, what's going to happen to my family? Um, I read it and uh, it's not exactly selling everything. And I was like, Whew, thank God, thank God. Uh, commentators believe that Jesus knew this man and was getting to the core of the issue. Was he willing to give up everything? Was he even willing to, to give it up? Or, or was he holding on to like all this stuff? Was this stuff more important than following Christ? You know, for you, it might just look very differently. It might just be a call to a different job. It might be called to a different business, a different place. Like, are you willing to just give it up if, if God asks you to? And, you know, when, when, we're, when we're generous and, and we're, we're able to give up things, when we're able to give to the poor and do these things, there is just such power. There is such power. And, and you see it, especially when you give it to the poor, right? There's a lot of studies. I don't think I even to bring it up that you're, you're a lot more happier. There's a lot more joy when you give as opposed to when you receive. You know, they say it's like two to three times higher. And I was thinking about why, why is this? And uh, I think what's interesting to me is that, um, you know, generosity, it's reserved primarily, you know, for human beings. Like there's no animals that are like, I'm going to share all this stuff with you because I have so much. You know, some animals probably do, but for the most part, they don't. Um, and for, but for humans, we're able to do that. And, 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 you know, as Christians, we're able to do that. And there's, there's a lot of power in this because it takes compassion and it challenges others to give. But it's not natural. It's not natural. And you see it when you see kids, right? Like I've never seen kids readily share their goldfish crackers. Like that is a precious commodity. And you have to teach them, right? I have to teach my kids like, hey, you have to share you know, share, sharing is caring, share, you got to let go. Um, and we have to teach this. And, and it's difficult because, um, you know, our wealth, when, especially when it comes to our wealth, uh, we, we trust in these things. And what's happening is that the wealthier you are, the more stuff that you're holding on to, you know, we're starting to trust in it more and more because this pile is just so much larger. It's so much larger. Let me show you guys what I mean. Brother Chris, can you come up here? He has no idea that I'm doing this, by the way. Can you go up here? So stand right here. Stand right here. So imagine these balls. You can give it to Chris. He's a pretty strong guy, but these balls are pretty light. It's a pretty light. So you look at Chris. He's got a lot of stuff in his hands. He's got a lot of wealth. He's got a lot of stuff in his hands. And what, what, what Jesus is trying to say is like all of this stuff, all of this stuff, it's really just getting in the way of experiencing the fullness of Jesus. Hey, Chris, try to, try to give me a hug. Uh, you, you can do better than that. <laughs> he's doing actually pretty good. But like all this stuff, guys, like all the stuff that he's holding on to it's really getting in the way. And, and, you know, you see this in the rich young ruler. You see this in the rich young ruler. And the, the, the funny thing is, he wasn't even happy holding all this stuff. Like, why would he go to Jesus if he was happy holding on to all this stuff? Like, why would he go? If this stuff satisfied him, he wouldn't need to go to Jesus. And, and you see, 
all this stuff is, I'm not saying it's like completely bad, but it is weighing us down. It's weighing us down to experience the fullness of Christ's love. And that's what he wants. He wants us to release these things. He wants us to release these things so that he can experience the fullness of his love. I'll give Chris a hand. You know, Jesus wants us to let go of these things so that we can experience him to the fullness. And I'm not saying that this is a question of salvation. What I'm saying is that we start trusting in all this stuff. And I was debating, I was like, should I use garbage bags? Because that will represent what this stuff really is compared to the love of Jesus. It's all garbage. It's all garbage. And and when we are able to see all of our stuff in light of who Christ is, we will be a generous people. We'll be so generous because that's what it takes. It's the point three. It's, it's a change in our identity. It's a change in our value. It's a change in our identity. You know, we can become more generous because when we see that Jesus is so much greater than all this stuff, and, and we see it in Luke 19 when there's this right response. You know, Zacchaeus, the story of Zacchaeus, verse two, you know, there was a man named Zacchaeus. He was a chief tax collector and he was rich. He was rich, chief tax collector. He not only taxed the people, he got tax from those that taxed the people. So he was extremely wealthy, extremely wealthy. He wasn't popular, though. He wasn't popular. It's because tax collectors back then, they were crooks. Uh, they they t- took more than their fair share. And this guy, he was short in stature, that's what it says. And he hears that Jesus is coming into town. He hears that Jesus is coming, and so he wants to get a glimpse. And so this grown man goes and he climbs a tree just to see Jesus. And isn't it funny? Sometimes we do that. Like we, we climb a tree. And what I mean by that is we, we want to be a part of the show, but not completely in it. Well, we just want to be, you know, far enough where, where we're kind of part of it. But, but like Zacchaeus, like we don't know. We don't want to get too close. But Jesus does something amazing. He does something amazing. He calls out Zacchaeus. He says, Zacchaeus, like come down. Come down here. I want to go to your house. I want to have a meal. I want to have a meal. And, and that is an amazing thing because for Zacchaeus, somebody like Zacchaeus, I bet you all the people gave up on him. Like, this guy's a crook. Like, I can't evangelize to this guy. This guy, like, we've already tried for years. And yet, when he goes to Jesus' house and he spends time with him, he experiences the fullness of who Jesus is. It's kind of like this. You know, uh, for my kids, you know, ever since I had kids, I, I've been reading a lot of children's stories. Didn't know they existed, uh, that many. But uh, I've been reading children's stories all the time. And there's one in particular, it's by Max Lucado, who's a Christian uh, pastor and author. And he has this book called You Are uh, Special. You Are Special. And uh, it basically takes place, the scene takes place in, in a world where the characters are uh, little wooden boys and wooden girls. And so the main character is this wooden boy. And, and um, you know, in this world... Uh, people, those wooden guys and girls, they can give out uh, stars or uh, for people that do kind of amazing things. So stars for amazing things like uh, there was this one wooden boy who just like jumped really high. And so, you know, he got a star. It's like, wow, he jumped so high. And then there's this girl who, this wooden girl who can sing the most beautiful note. And so all the little wooden boys and girls, they, they gave her a star. Like, oh my goodness, she is so good at singing. And then there's the main character who's this little wooden boy who, who isn't really good at much. And when you're not good at much, what you receive in this world is a dot. You get a dot. 
And, you know, this, this boy, he tried jumping and failed, so he got dots. He tried singing, he got more dots. He got so many dots that they gave him dots for having so many dots. That's how many dots he got. Well, one day, um, this wooden girl comes in, and she has no dots. She has no stars. And everyone's like, oh, my gosh. How is this possible? She is so beautiful. And one of the boys goes to her and tries to put a star, but the star falls off. He's like, why, why is this happening? And so he tries again, put a star, and it falls off again. And he gets frustrated, so he takes a dot out and tries to put a dot and that falls off as well. And this wooden boy is like, how is this? Like, what is going on? How is this possible? And so he goes to this girl and says, how, how are you doing this? And she says, do you really want to know? He says, yeah, of course. Well, come to the woodmaker's house tomorrow morning. The woodmaker was the guy who created all the wooden creatures. And so uh, this wooden boy goes to his house in the morning. He's, he's nervous. He's scared. Uh, he has a lot of dots. He has scratches, he's, he's blemished, and he even thinks about turning back. But as soon as he thinks about turning back, the woodmaker calls him by his name. And so he goes in, spends hours with them. They have the best of time. And, you know, he says, you know, can I come back tomorrow? And the woodmaker says, yeah, of course. And so he says, well, I'll see you tomorrow. And the woodmaker says, I can't wait. And as soon as he steps outside, the dots start falling off. The dots start falling off. You see, because in the presence of Christ, nothing matters. Our wealth does not matter. Our righteousness compared to Christ does not matter. What we do does not matter. All that matters is Christ, spending time with Christ. And the thing about our wealth is like, if we were the only person in the world, if there was only one wooden boy, all the dots, all the stars, they don't matter because the only reason it matters is because we're comparing to one another instead of comparing to Christ. And we see this with Zacchaeus, what was impossible. This text says it's impossible for a rich man to get into heaven, and yet we see it with Zacchaeus. Why is that? Because he spends time with the Lord, and out of his joy, he becomes generous and he gives half to the poor. He repays those he's taken from. And I'm not saying that you can buy your way into heaven. I'm not saying that at all. You know, only God could do that. But Jesus is inviting all of us, all of us to spend time with him. And the question is, how will you respond? Because for the rich man, he turned away. But for Zacchaeus, he experienced the fullness of God's love. And I love that in Mark 10, there's, there's a different version of this story. But in Mark 10, 21, it says that Jesus looked at him. And this is the rich young ruler. He looked at him and it says he loved him. He loved him. And even though you, even though I, even though we're all rich in this place, he looks at us with love. And, and that's the reason why he sent his only son. That's the reason why what is impossible for all of us is possible with Jesus. Amen. And that spurs us to be a generous people, a generous church. That spurs us to be generous because the only reason we can be generous is because God has been generous with us first and we don't even deserve it. And so the challenge, I challenge us, however long you've been here, whether you grew up at the church all your life or whether you became a Christian last week, we are called to be a generous people. 
Amen. Amen. Let's all pray. Heavenly Father, God, we thank you for being uh, just such a generous God. It's only through your generosity that we ourselves can be generous, Lord. I pray that you continue to challenge us, that we can be a people uh, who, who are more generous and who can let go of the things that weigh us down, Lord, especially our wealth, and hold on to you, God. I pray that new life can be a community that is marked by our love for you, by our love for one another, and our, our generosity, Lord Father, in this place, Lord God. We thank you, and we pray in your son's name. Amen.